One, two, three, four. It's the XL Center co-director, founder of the local Pechacucha, Anuvias. <laughs> Anuvias. The spoils of Akron, the spoils of Akron podcast. Yeah. All right. Very spirited considering it's Monday, right? I'm <laughs> barely awake. Well, welcome to the Spoils of Akron, a podcast about the arts, culture, and eccentric residents of the Rubber City. And today we have a very eccentric resident with us indeed. Very eccentric. <laughs> if you can say his name correctly, it's Anu Vias. Welcome. Uh, thanks so much for having me. And that is the coolest introduction that I've ever experienced of me. I mean, so thank you. I've never been introduced by a ukulele before. So, oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's not everyone gets a chance to get a ukulele introduction, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so a lot of people um, in the community. Um, know you as Anul, you know, and, and recently, Rhymes you know, tunnel. yeah, you, you took the L off and kind of just went with the vowels at the end. And there's, there's a reason for that, right? Yeah. So, uh, Anul's my given name. It's my legal name. Uh, my parents call me Anu. And so I just started by going by that professionally, but look, if you call me Anul and know me as Anul, then that's fine too. It's not, he'll still you talk have, to you. First. Yeah. <laughs> He won't, he won't shun you. Or right. Me. And you used to say, Anu rhymes with tunnel. So now you have to say, Anu rhymes with... I guess it really doesn't... Like, a, a, a new car, <laughs> a, a car. new day, <laughs> you know? A new car! A new car, right? <laughs> <laughs> it makes anything good if you put your name in front of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's like everything you win yeah. is my name. And my name is Win, And that is a coincidence, just, just like it's a coincidence... That we have the same birthday. That that is, we, it's the best day. Yeah. And you guys had the ultimate birthday party. I I must add, right? we really did. I mean, <laughs> it was it was cool. Yeah. It was out of control. It was yes. so big you had to go to a public space and basically rent the whole, you know, the whole venue. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> pretty and much. if you're listening to this podcast, you are invited, invited. to our <laughs> next birthday. Should we do that, Shane? I don't know. I Let's, think do we should invite Let's do it. Let's do it. You're all invited. City of Akron. All right. Yeah, I think we can do that. Yeah, you know, sure. we'll just. Figure it out and the theme well we think the theme of the next birthday is going to be 70s roller skating so uh like you, do you like to roller skate Chris i do Miller? yeah do you i don't allow <gasps> yeah i roller skate i ice skate oh well you wear little jean shorts and yes. those like bobby those socks <laughs> with the those sports socks that come up I, I over will. your knees yes i will oh watch out and by I'm, the way i'm wearing you, them right now <laughs> i know yeah. but i didn't know if that was a weird thing you did here because you right. don't even really yes. have to wear pants it's part of my work sure. uniform yeah <laughs> a lot of people don't know <laughs> Oh, well, uh, I heard that on air, by the way. That was kind of like a promise that he's going to wear this yeah, outfit. Yeah, it is. So. There it is. There okay. it is. But um, And I will say that, Shane, you were really the creative theme behind everything. You were like, yeah, we came up with this you know, idea together. It was all you. Like the Gatsby <laughs> theme party. Well, I mean, you just have the creative genius. But you helped me curate the ideas. I was like, okay, here's four ideas <laughs> and that was definitely the best one so you, know. I, you oversell how much Curation. i contributed but i was <laughs> I, I was the recipient of your creativity well i just need an excuse to throw a party so <laughs> now i have one every year that we share so yeah. that's fabulous yep i got an idea for another party already okay. last weekend oh yeah what's do you, that do about? you like to cook uh I, 
I, I could lie and say <laughs> yes, but it doesn't peop- matter because <laughs> it's really going to be my idea. And you just come, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. But I thought it'd be fun to have like an all day cooking party where people make different oh, foods, you know, it'd be that, really cool. That yeah. would be cool. So, mm-hmm. I mean, right now me making food is going to Taco Bell and being like, I'll take three <laughs> crunchy tacos. Thank you very much. But you'll show up and eat food, right? I will so absolutely. Yeah. You can still be a part of this, I, I think. Yeah. I used to work at Taco Bell. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious. How was that? <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah. It was the funnest job I have ever had. It I just loved it so much because we would just act like idiots all day and <laughs> throw hot sauce at each other and you know, we just just I don't know. I would take people's orders and say corny things when they rolled up, you know, like, Welcome to the border, may I take your order? <laughs> <laughs> and and then, you know, people would go up, you know, there'd be like a group of four teenagers and they'd roll up to the drive-thru, but not in a car, you know, just pretending they were in a car yeah. and then they pretend to roll the window down and make an order. It was just silly. Yeah. I had a good time. Sure. You're, you're one of the few people I met who actually say they liked working in fast food and, yeah. and you're, you're the kind of person who would make it fun. I'm sure. Yeah. You, because you, you could dig like, ditches with Shane and she'll make it fun. Uh, yeah. Somehow. Well now, like I, well, I work for myself, so I, I have to be serious and like take, I care about the quality, but I work worked for like Taco Bell. I don't care if your right. taco doesn't have enough chicken in it. You know, I'm just having a good time. <laughs> anyway, I have dreams about it, actually, about how much fun it was. So wow. I know that's crazy, but I did. Like recently, like last week, like yesterday, <laughs> you were. I would, I would have dreams about like I'm making tacos <laughs> and like just making jokes with the people that work there. So, yeah. Maybe I'll work there again when I retire. We could all work there together. Yeah. I think it would be fun. And I mean, you have a leg up because you have job experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, She'll be, be like, the manager. Yeah. Like, what are your qualifications? <laughs> well, I've worked here before. Well, the actually. key is to not manage anything because, and then just act like a, you know, I can't even say the word like an idiot. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's that, what's that's what makes it fun. Anyway. So on to you. What's what's happening in your world right now? Well, currently I'm in the the presence of two luminaries of Akron, so I feel very honored by that. Um, so thanks for inviting me onto the show. Absolutely, and I think something um, impressive that you've been involved with lately is Pachacucha. Yeah, Pachacucha. Pachacucha. I, I know it sounds like Pachacucha. It's. A, uh, it, I always joke it's kind of like my name. No one really knows how to pronounce it, but oh, that's um, good. but it's it's so for those of y'all who are not fam- y'all, I'm getting a little Chris Horn in me by saying y'all. Right? I don't know where that came from. I don't know where Probably y'all directly from him. Yeah, yep. sure. Mm-hmm. But um, and uh, uh, big Sorry. ups. Uh, big ups to Chris on the Signal Tree Festival this past weekend. Oh, yeah, I saw you there, but like from across the field, you know, and I was only there for a short period of time, but that was amazing. Yeah, it was. What did you enjoy? I, uh, well, I thought the, the music, I mean, the, the beer, like the, mm-hmm. you know, all the arts and crafts there. And honestly, it was just so neat to see Akronites coming together for a celebration of what makes our city unique. Um, there's so much idiosyncratic charisma in Akron. And when you celebrate that and it becomes part of our culture, I think it's something um, that is endearing and it's intrinsic to our personality as a city. Absolutely. And I read a lot online that people enjoyed the tone of the whole thing. They said it felt like being in someone's backyard, you know, and that's really how we hang the best, you know, just like this approachable sort of 
laughable like experience, you know, having a good time. I watched the JoJo eating contest and the Lawson's um, blind contest. Did you watch either? I of those? did not. I did not. It was so fun. I, I did online. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the Akronites won out. They they were able to detect mm-hmm. the the Lawson's chip dip. I was there earlier in the day. I enjoyed the the Odd Mart. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, the vendors sure. and, you know, the, the bands were great. And when I was over, Lock 4 was going strong. And I think they were still showing the movie at Lock 3, getting ready to show the bands or have the bands get on stage. But, yeah, it was a great, it was a great mm-hmm. time. Did yeah. anyone stay later at night? Because I missed that part. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people who did. And actually, I thought it was kind of funny. Well, this is me applauding myself for making a joke. So, but I, <laughs> I, so it's really not a funny joke in that case. But I texted Chris. Uh, at like 6 p.m. And I said, hey, is anything going on in Akron tonight? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Did he text you back? Uh, yeah, words that I can't say He's on an the emoji, air, so. right? <laughs> 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 I got it. I got it. Yep. So um, tell us about the upcoming Pecha Kucha. And I am saying that properly, right? Sure, I think so. So uh, Pecha Kucha International pronounces it Pecha Kucha. But I think there's a slang version, which is Pecha Chakacha, but I'm not 100% sure. But the international team says Pechacucha, so I roll with Pechacucha. Um, but essentially what Pechacucha is, is think, of a, think about it as a, a quarterly series. Uh, it's kind of like TED Talks on a Friday night with a more festive atmosphere. And it's also very abbreviated in its format. So it's uh, we have nine speakers who present. And they each present for 20 PowerPoint slides that each last for exactly 20 seconds. Unless you hear PowerPoint and think, oh, my gosh, this is absolutely terrible. Uh, I, you know, it's, it reminds me of like a boardroom presentation where everything's really uh, stale and, and, and boring. Uh, it's really energetic. And I think the pace has a lot to do with that because after 20 seconds, the next slide shows up and the speaker is not in charge. So the speaker can't draw thrown on for hours and hours or minutes and minutes. It's just, boom, what's the next topic? Boom, what's the next topic? Boom, what's the next topic? Um, and part of the things that we, part of the, what we try to do at Petrakucha as our organizing team is to curate different, uh, different presentations from uh, a wide panoply of disciplines that's very variegated. So we have, you know, someone, we have James Hardy, who's the mayor's chief of staff, who's talking about cities being laboratories of democracy. We have the Dreamers, who are going to be doing a musical performance. We have someone who's talking about their experiences uh, being compelled to do stand-up comedy after her brother's suicide. So it's things that you might not expect all packaged into one. And then people seem to identify and appreciate the fact that in that one, there are very disparate elements. Yeah, I I enjoy everyone that I've been to. And I, as someone who delves in the storytelling world with journalism and media, I love the story element of these. Like the people who really bear some personal story. And really, it takes a lot of bravery to do that. And it's a lot of energy in the room and just fantastic uh events sure well i appreciate that and chris i know that you did a tremendous pechacucha presentation with ming yeah um, at pechacucha five i believe mm-hmm. um and i think it was uh tom craig from the margaret clark morgan foundation um who's one of our funders along with the akron community foundation knight jr and halloween charity ball had to slip that in nice. had to slip that in that right was, that was good um, yeah, that's but, a lot of support <laughs> yeah and you know we actually have been absolutely blown away by the amount of support we've received but 
Um, but Tom Craig said something along the lines that it's an opportunity to tell your truth. And it's really somewhat paradoxical that something that you might not share in front of a small group of two to three people, you can get in front of 300 or 400 people and you are emboldened by the anonymity of the audience, but the majesty of the stage such that, such that you can be really, really honest. And I remember um, that there was one Pecha Kucha presentation, you know, she talked about her experiences stuttering, right? I and she, so she was stuttering mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. you know, and so she was worried about stuttering in front of a crowd of 400 people and she knocked it out of the the park so yeah so presentations like that that was one of my favorites it's really interesting because now the way in which she's expressing this whole experience is through that very thing she tackled so that was really impressive yeah Mm -hmm. and i mean i think that um we all have stories right and sometimes people in the community are known for certain things but it's great to hear a different side of these uh, these champions of Akron. So Christine Mayer, right, when she did right, right. her presentation about her daughter who's on the spectrum for autism, to me that was really powerful because it's a, you know, everyone knows Christine, everyone knows just how much of a community builder she is and just how wicked smart that's the Goodwill Hunting <laughs> type right, of Matt right. Damon level of erudition <laughs> of Christine Mayer, right? But, you know, people know her now, you know, they know her through that, but now here's a different side. Is that the extent of your Bostonian accent or are there other... <laughs> Little I got, quips you got I, Wicked Smart. Wicked, I mean, it's such a great movie, right? So how about them apples? How about them apples? Yeah, that right? was good. Okay, yeah. thank you. I just needed one more. Yeah. I, I couldn't Wicked get enough. Wicked Smart. Wicked Smart. Wicked Smart. <laughs> that's excellent. Um, and it's it's at the well this time because mm-hmm, I know you guys choose different venues. Um, or, you know, some you've been to a few times, but you, you, you feature a venue as well, sure. which is really cool, you yeah. know. And the well is quite a quite an establishment, I'd say. Yeah. I'm sorry, what was that, Shane? I love it. I've been there, yeah. Um, it's it's just really, it, it reaches a different demographic, a different part of Akron, but you tell me. Well, and that's part of uh, why we visit different arenas and different venues. It's because, you know, Akron is more than, you know, 21 neighborhoods. Sometimes I feel that... I always say that Akron's a symphony, right? Akron's an orchestra. We are composed of 21 different neighborhoods. We're a population of 199,000 um, players. And together, if we're all on the same page, we can make some orchestral, uh, symphonically beautiful music. And to and I think that sometimes we focus on one area of Akron, and Akron is so much broader than that. So we try to go to different venues that maybe people haven't been to before. So I know a lot of people who haven't been to the Well in Middlebury. Um, people haven't been to the Bit Factory. People haven't been to the Urban League. And so we we intentionally try to circle around to hit different parts of a- Akron to showcase um, the vast charm uh, and and deepness of our offerings. So are there other venues you're thinking about extending out to? Can you talk about that? Uh, great question. Um, we, I would love to do something outdoors. We've never had an outdoors Pecha Kucha, um, so we're looking at some venues for that. The weather isn't going to be great, obviously, at our next PK in November, um, but we've tried exploring something outdoors, maybe having some of those conversations. But, you know, I've just been blown away by the community's receptivity towards the event. Um, you know, this next event's coming this Friday, August 4th at the well. And, uh, you know, we sold our last Pecha Kucha out, um, in 41 hours and there were 199 tickets available. And for this Pecha Kucha, 
we sold 253 tickets in 24 hours. And to have that type of love from our city, I mean, it, it, I don't even know how to explain it. I never thought that um, we'd get this type of receptivity. And, and I can say that is hard to do in Akron. Yeah, I'm sort of an, an informal, I informally study like populations and who shows up to what. Yeah. <laughs> and that is hard to do, especially consistently. So I'm... Because it seems to be um, growing even in popularity, do you think that that means that there need to be larger venues or more PKs? Or is it like Luigi's, like keep it the same (laughs) size so that you always get a line? Sure. Um, I think it's both, right? So we do four of these a year. So some of the venues that we go to, they can accommodate uh, a large population. Um, We did one for the Civic, for example, that was PK2, and it was a fantastic venue. Um, the last PK we did uh, at Greystone at the with the Ohio Shakespeare Festival um, on the sixth floor there. I think it was the sixth floor. And, you know, that seats 199 people. And it was almost good because it got sold out and everyone was complaining about how it was sold out. So that added to the, it does. the mystique of the mm-hmm. ticket. Right. And I, well, one thing I, I will uh, say is, you know, you, you're happy about the receptivity, but I think it's well earned. I think if you didn't put out solid presentations each time, you wouldn't have this much enthusiasm after a year or actually two years, right? Yeah. Is this, well, it's, it's like a year and a half, I think. We're coming up on two. This is our. Coming up on two years. Yeah, <clears throat> just on two years. So, I mean, I think it's well earned because, you know, one thing about Akron, people, uh, you know, they, they will definitely let you know if they if there's something they're not into, but they'll sure. let you know by just by their attendance and yeah. just by going. So absolutely, yeah, we got pressure on this PK for yeah. Friday. Yeah, I like thanks, <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks, Chris. But no, I I think that um, one of the th- and it's not just me. I should say there's a whole group of people. We have a Petrucha Akron um, community group where we vote on speakers. We have a, a board um, with Heather Roschak, uh, Becky Hewitt. Um, Britt Cherick, uh, Nicole Mullet was on the board. Um, we have uh, we have some new board members who are coming on as well. And it's it's to me it's try to be coming authentically Akron because I'm not the one who should be the one who's choosing the speakers because I have a certain prismatic viewpoint that is probably you know, limited and myopic to a degree. But if we can tap into all of our perspectives, then all of a sudden we can um, start learning from each other and being exposed to different people. Because that's one of the things I love about PK is to be exposed to something of which you knew nothing about and it just sparks a flame, right? It's an it's this igniting event where you're like, oh my God, I had no idea about that particular discipline or that particular topic. And it, when, when it comes to the locations, like if someone had a location idea, for example, someone listened to this podcast and said, I have an outdoor location that I think would be a great fit. Sure. Is there a way for that for them to submit that through the Facebook page perhaps? Yeah, they can just email us. Um, so you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com right. forward slash PK. <laughs> Akron, but you can message us on that page and then we can see it and then we can take that under to consideration. But um, again, and it's just uh, one of the things that I think um, I appreciated about Pecha Kucha that I didn't really think about before is that it's 
evolved to this pla- this platform of storytelling of community where a lot of times in Akron we don't give ourselves enough credit for all the fantastic stories that are taking place you know and the fast the fantastic things that are going on in the city and what we have here now is a way for people who are doing great things to showcase what they're doing to the broader Akronite community and so we're providing a platform for consumption of creativity um, so that people can now not just present these ideas, but people can consume these ideas. And then we have this infrastructure where people can act upon um, that potential energy that was generated to translate that into kinetic energy of action. Wow. Well said. What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's Hold on, great. Let's draw a diagram here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, now and, I have to and, turn and, my brain on. No. That's you guys are open to speakers too. So if people want to talk at a future one, it's a completely open yep. process, which I, which I appreciate as well. Yeah. You have to apply to be a speaker. And so you apply to be a speaker and then we have a, a group vote on uh, you know, you, you fill out a form, we have a group vote, and then from that group vote, we'll curate based on diversity. But, you know, normally we don't really curate all that much. It just kind of naturally comes up that whatever the group votes is uh, how we roll with. I, I was kidding before, but really it's a great place to harvest inspiration. Sure. And I can give you like direct examples at a PK when I was listening to someone speak and thought, well, what does that mean? Especially when they're talking about local topics. I was listening to one about biomimicry yep. and what's going on here and just getting a further idea of what that actually means and how that might tie into my artwork, actually. Sure. You know, so um, and then also you're listening. You're, you can connect. You can talk to people afterwards. You can get a business card. You can get some names, you know. So, yeah, I like it for that reason as, as an artist. Sure. There's been a p- couple of Pecha Kuchas that have just blown me away. Right. Like I remember <laughs> when Kofi did his. Uh, oh, were you yeah. there at Kofi's when he? Yeah, well, I, I saw. I, I didn't make that one, but luckily Yoli live streams a lot of them, so oh, I yeah. watched yeah, it. On sure. my, yeah, on the my Yoli cam, the Yoli yeah. cam. Yeah, and I can't shout out to it, Yoli. I just look for her news feed for, yeah. for yeah. those. But I yeah, it was powerful, that. and it made me cry. Yeah. And that's like pe- pretty much you have to bring Kleenex because sure. one of them will make you cry. And then <laughs> President President Wilson's son did a Pechacucha that was really powerful. I remember um, Bobby Westner danced the love letter mm-hmm. to his wife. To his wife. Ruining wow. it for all, yeah. uh, you know, everyone else, and yeah, how do you compete with that? Yeah. Go home and throw away it? the anniversary gift I you know. got her. <laughs> like, I'm a jerk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was absolutely beautiful. I agree. And and what what inspired you to want to put all the work in to even get the volunteers together to start this event here in Akron? I know it's a it's in other cities. There is one in Cleveland actually, um, but what what about it spoke to you enough to put the time into all this organization sure because you have a job you know this i is do it. we'll <laughs> talk know. about that shortly, i'm not getting so. paid for Petra right. Kutra. yeah so <laughs> um i think that um i i have a deep love of this city and this community and uh i think that just seeing everyone's response to it makes it all worth it. And honestly, when it, it's like you're putting on a show, right? And when you put on the show and it hits and the audience is there and they're right in tune with the speakers, um, it just has this, it, it makes your heart swell with joy and pride. And it, it's an environment for people to learn things and uh, to be educated, to contemplate, to, you know, to, to 
expand their horizons. And, you know, it, this started with uh, the Petra Kucha team in Cleveland. I used to live with the founder of PK Cleveland, and I always wondered, oh, man, I should. I, it'd be great to do this in Akron, and I've just been blown away. And actually, Petra Kucha International reached out to us to do a blog post because they're like, wait, you're getting 400 people? What's going on? We don't get 400 people <laughs> in all these huge cities. What's going on in Akron, Ohio? And wow. they have Petra Kuchas in Tokyo and Paris and London um, and all these huge major metropolises. And people are recognizing, wow, Akron shows up for the arts. So I heard a quote on the radio the other day that I think summates why this is so important. It's, we are more likely to live out our values if we are surrounded by people who affirm them. And I feel like this is kind of like this pulls this um, great crowd of people that just reaffirms values and, and, and definitely reaffirms the idea that to celebrate what we have going on locally, you know, and build each other up. So Sure, absolutely. It's really, neat. It's really important. And there's so much energy in the room at each of these. It's amazing. Like it, it supersedes the usual, um, <clears throat> excuse me, performer audience dynamic that you typically see. I mean, people are really charged up. And as a speaker, as someone who got, you know, I, I'm, I'm blessed that I got to speak at one of them is you can feel that energy. I mean, it is mm-hmm. palpable. Yeah. It's awesome. And people use their art form. I've seen poetry. I've seen rapping. Yeah. Right, as you right. know, I'm a rapper. So yeah, I that, know. You know, resonates yeah. with me. She's got much, and, uh, <laughs> much street cred. Spotify and iTunes knows that you're a rapper. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Um, they should. They should. <laughs> do they know my rapper name? They're, they're, <laughs> scout, they're scouting you out. What is your yeah. rapper name? It's Shaney Shane. <laughs> okay. I like that. Can't go wrong with that sobriquet, right? In the, no. in the funky bunch? <laughs> <laughs> that would be you guys, okay. yeah. You're the funky bunch. All right. Yeah, I, I should have warned you of her today. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, no, but this is making me feel... You guys are saying all these nice complimentary things about Petra Kutra, and so I feel... Thank you so much. Sure. It's not just us, not just because we're sitting here in this room with you. I, I, I get that feedback from a lot of people in the community. I mean, it's a it's a favorite event for yeah. a it's lot palpable. Of, you can slice it with a knife. Folks. Everybody's yeah. there. Yep, that's true. So let's talk about what you do do professionally and what you do get paid for. That I uh, am the co-director of the Excel Center for Experiential Learning at the University of Akron, and I previously taught at the law school there. That's exciting. That yeah. sounds like some a job that was invented for you. Is that true, or was it pre-existing? Uh, it was pre-existing. So uh, there was some great leadership um, before um, with the founding directors uh, Jeff Hoffman, Ian Schwarber. Um, when I came into the position, uh, it, you know, we were building upon that legacy. But one of the things that I really, um, really, really appreciate about uh, Excel is that, you know, the mayor rightfully so talks about uh, brain drain and mm-hmm. how, look, we're a population of 198,000, 199,000, right? How do we get that number up? Because our population base is critically important for the sustained vitality of our city. And so to me, the mission of Excel is very directly linked to that charge from the mayor, which is, look, how do we get our students turned on to the charm of Akron? How do we utilize the plethora of students at the university to know that Akron is a place where they can stay after they graduate? So when we talk about brain drain, well, a foundational prerequisite of brain gain is brain retain, and we have a population that is uh, is just there where we have four years to where it's our charge to say, hey, Akron's a place that you want to live after you graduate. Um, and so how do we facilitate those connections? And 
you know, President Wilson has been fantastic. I mean, we've had conversations about the direction of Excel actually pretty recently. Um, and, you know, he believes strongly in the value of the community and the university and how it's a selling point for the university. Because really, if the stronger the community is, the better the university is and vice versa, right? They're just so linked together. And so how do we break down those barriers that exist between the university and community such that we don't have these silos of insularity, but rather they're, we're, we're one thematic whole? And I have, excuse me, I have a, a, a personal story that I can connect to the Excel Center and its effectiveness. Um, okay. So there's a student who's now, in, I think he's going to grad school for art. His name is Nathan Pravonic. Yeah, yeah. You know him? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. So he, he used that, a class that he took through, yep. uh, the, oh, an unclass, yep. as you call it, where they got on bikes, rode around the neighborhood, and, and was were trying to find uses for some empty buildings and some unused space, and he chose to have an art show at, at Quaker. Quaker. Yeah. yeah, and I tell you what, this I guy, that show. his art has really picked up, and I don't know if, if he was just, he was on that trajectory anyways, sure. but this really helped get his name out there a little bit, and it it was a great use of that space, and, and that class like inspired him to connect to the community, look into the our Oates history and, yeah. and the whole Quaker Square phenomenon, and you know, which I'm attached to growing up here, um, and being able to go when it was a, a bustling, like a little mall, you know, full of sure. shops. But, but yeah, I mean, just my interactions with him, and then um, he would write some co- guest articles for the Akronist about his experience with the class. And sure. I, I wish they had those sort of classes when I went to U of A in the 90s, you yeah. know. Me too. I, I would have loved that community element of going to school, which we did. I did feel like we were uh, cut, cut off from the community. Yeah, you know, and we have uh, we have a couple. Of, so we do unclass. We have a couple of programs, and I won't, you know, talk <laughs> extensively about all of them. But just to summarize, like, two of them very quickly, uh, two or three really quickly. One of the things we do have are unclasses, which are innovative classes that sometimes at the university setting, there's this Kafkaesque bureaucracy where you're trying to navigate. Thankfully, at the University of Akron, you can get stuff done. And unclasses are one way where you can just get stuff done, where if a professor has an idea for an innovative class, they can do it via an unclass through Excel. So coming up, we have a commuter student culture class where a professor is going to study the commuter nature of campus and suggest improvements. We have uh, a class about becoming a global citizen for students. So undergraduate students understand, you know, the refugee population in Akron, what are some of the challenges facing them, um, as well as some other, other matters. And so that's one offering. Another thing that we're really pleased that has gotten a lot of press and that we've gotten a real a lot of positive feedback is the Akron Community Internship Program, where the thesis is how do we how do we link up the best and the brightest of the University of Akron with the best and brightest of the city and what how do we make that connection such that there is an infrastructure of engagement and mentorship so basically it's a hundred hour project where the student works on a specific task and they're linked up with and they get paid for it they get a paid a thousand dollars um through a generous grant by the notorious gr foundation i should call it, i always call them the notorious like gr yeah. so but the gr foundation but it's like the i think roger right, riddle right. calls it's them like the notorious BIG, right? yeah exactly so just how fly is their philanthropy right battle. yeah <laughs> i think i will yeah but you know so you have the the gr foundation who's been a fantastic partner um, but, you know, so we place students at a wide variety 
of projects. So, for example, this, you know, we're talking about Signal Tree Festival, right? Rachel Starvaggi is an undergraduate student at the University of Akron. She ran social media for um, Signal Tree Festival this past weekend, right? We have a student who's working at Crafty Mart who wrote a grant to uh, that actually they just got from the Ohio Arts Council, and he also is working on another grant to improve entrepreneurial access to the Bhutanese population. And so, what we do is we try to we try to identify who are two hundred community partners who are just champions who are just absolutely slaying it in this community, and then let's let's link up two hundred students with those two hundred community champions so that we can write we can light two hundred fires. So eventually we'll have this conflagration of community engagement. And I think that is directly how you get students to stay in Akron. Sure. Because what has happened in the past, and I listened to a whole other podcast, it's called Millennial, and it's it's about a young woman that's trying to navigate life after college. And what has been the, the case prior to now has been kind of like, and then you're left out into the wilderness and it's up to you, you know, and people sort of struggling to find their way and their bearings. And I had a hard time when I graduated. I had some skills, but I didn't really know what I wanted to say or exactly how to say it or who how to go about doing that, you know? And it can be that simple as someone giving you one example of exactly how to do that that would give you the tools you need to do it again, to repeat the process, you know? And, and the confidence is important too. Sure, absolutely. And to me, I've learned so much in the internships that I've done in my life, right? And what they've done is they've provided something that I could put on my resume. They've provided me a mentor who can make a recommendation for me. They have someone who can showcase part of the charm of my broader community, right? So um, part of the deal of the Akron Community Internship Program is, look, it's not just like, hey, you show up at an internship, you know, make copies, you know, get coffee, nothing like that. There's a specific project that the intern is charged with doing for 100 hours. But in addition, the community, we provide the community partner a stipend of $50 to take the student out to two events that they love about Akron so that they themselves are selling the student on the charm of Akron through their eyes. And again, it's like if we can get these students linked up with these community mentors, right, the Shane Wins, the Chris Millers, um, so many others, the the Britt Cherricks, the Nicole Mullets, the Chris Horns, I could go on and on and on, right, then all of a sudden great things start to happen. And so um, one of my, you know, I, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite stories is it just happened like a week and a half ago where two students were talking about a particular internship experience they had. And they said, you know what, before I didn't really feel like an Akronite, I was just like, okay, well, I don't really know Akron. I've heard, you know, I'm scared to go downtown. And then they were, they both said, I feel like an Akronite now. <laughs> and I almost like teared up because I was like, you don't understand. That's what I've been trying to do with this, you know, and, and, you know, I, and Carolyn Behrman's my co-director and she's been so integral to this process. She piloted something on us uh, uh, last year and we, you know, thanks to the GR foundation, we, we, you know, we expanded dramatically this year. That's exciting. I yeah. can't, I can't wait to hear what happens because I think it's going to be huge. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's just been nice to have concrete examples where the university can help. And I never really thought about that before the internship program happened, but now all of a sudden we have, so we placed about 50 students and we're hoping to place another 150 throughout the academic year so that we'll have 200 through this first academic year. That's the goal is placing 200 students. And, um, 
you know, and we, you know, again, through the GR Foundation, through some of our own budget, and then we also asked the community partners to put in um, some so it's sustainable. But one of the things that has just blown me away that I didn't really think about is like now you have 200 stories about Akron. You have 200 concrete examples where the university and the community have collaborated for the benefit of a student and the community. Uh, and that's just been it's just been fantastic. And there, there's a new trend in telling people telling your story too whether you be a business or a nonprofit or uh, people want a human connection to what's happening so I've noticed that as well and it's it's a big piece of what I do I'm a visual storyteller and I've been pulled in to do that more recently so I'm really excited that it's moving in that direction uh, you know it just and it just makes it more satisfying um, there's a lot of like you said you're not just making copies or just running errands or getting someone's coffee you're getting involved and entrenched in the community and that's that's how you make those um, attachments that stick. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the three of us know just how fantastic of a city this is, right? Like, we oh, know, yeah. right? And so when we talk about our population problem, I mean, look, we got an issue, right? It's going down, right? right. Mm-hmm. And what do we do about that? And I think that we really, looking at the university and identifying ways that it can sincerely, authentically collaborate with the community um, is, to me, a, a really critical question. And if we can crack that, then I think some good things can happen. Definitely. And and I, I love that connection to community that the students are learning and, and, and gaining, you know, and it, it'll keep younger people wanting to live here. You know, now we just have to find enough jobs for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we have we have some students who are working at the Akron Global Business Accelerator, right, with some startups there to help with job creation, you know, and, but it's not just you know, entrepreneurial access, we have, you know, a student who's working at Canopy to improve needle access to LGBTQ population and increase AIDS awareness. Um, You know, we have a student who's working at the Kenmore Better Block and, you know, having students involved in Better Block. I'm like, this is great. So, um, so it's just been, it's been, it's been fun. Awesome. So, and you studied law, though, so that was what you originally went to school for, correct? That's right. Okay, so how did you get from there to where you are now? Okay. I mean, you you wanted to, I guess, enact justice through our court system, and, yeah. and you know, and, yeah. and have a respect probably for our our laws and our, you know, the way the way that's set up. But I'm I'm putting words in your mouth. Though. So what no. what inspired <laughs> you to get into this and? You know, and and it kind of took a a turn, twist and turn to get where you are now, I would imagine. Sure. No. And, you know, that access to justice is absolutely part of um, something that I why I went to law school. And I'll just say you you talked about law and justice. I just another internship uh, we have is we have a student who's actually working with he's a pre-med student. He's working with community legal aid to identify lead properties in northeastern Ohio and impact legal policy for making these these houses safer and so um yeah so but access to just i think it started with john grisham books honestly i'm not gonna lie i think i was in (laughs) i think that is an honest uh, (laughs) i think i think (laughs) i was information (laughs) yeah i think i watched i was in seventh grade and i read a time to kill and i read the firm and i read um a pelican brief and all those books but um you know you you go into law school um, with all these ideas that you can you can change the world, and the great thing about the law school about law school is you can right. So like when you graduate, I mean you can start working in these fields of social justice, right? So I've had a lot of jobs in my career. I don't know if anything 
ever could uh, compare to when I helped run a domestic violence clinic um, through legal aid in Cincinnati. And, um, you know, we were seeing rape victims every week. And um, when you are dealing with someone who is at the worst, most challenging part of their life, and you are an instrument towards justice, man, I take that really, really, really seriously. And I remember um, uh, something got me. I wasn't expecting these questions. I'm thinking <laughs> back to these, you know, but, but we, I remember just not being able to sleep before certain trials that I had because I was thinking, man, if we don't win this case, I feel like my client's going to get murdered, right? And, um, you know, and ultimately it's weird because the more you do trials, um, the the calmer you get. You don't freak out as much. It's just... You have to, yeah. I'm sure, to maintain, you know, your sanity. Yeah. Um, keep I'll, going. Yeah. I think I might have mentioned this before, but the first time I was ever in court, I was so nervous, I objected to my own witness like she was <laughs> saying something that i was like wait a second wait, objection and the judge was like you can't do that right it's your own uh, i didn't treat her as a hostile witness or anything she was my witness and i was just sounds like my cousin Vinny. yeah well right, right. There, there was one time i was in court about utes in the yeah <laughs> yeah um there was one time in i was in court i was like objection your honor and the judge was on like on what grounds and i just forgot I, so i was like hearsay but we won we won both of those cases lest people think that i'm just you know engaging in legal malpractice on a constant basis but do you ever get a chance to say that this whole court's out of order you're out of order well whole court's out of, I'm just or did you say you can't handle the truth well, I, I would love i would love to i will say that the greatest thing is catching someone in a lie on the stand i i had one abuser who you know he had beat up this woman and then he had you know there was a protection order and then uh, he was like, oh, I never called her after the protection order and viol-, you know, because he was supposed he wasn't supposed to contact her. And uh, and I had the phone records and I was like, so this is your phone number. You never called my client. Never called. Never called her. So you're under oath. Just want to remind you, you're under oath. Everything you say, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Absolutely complete truth. Please look at Plaintiff's Exhibit A, which shows that you're just a liar. You're just such a liar, you lying liar. Your, your pants are on fire. Yeah, right now. and an extinguisher. And so that was that was a lot of fun. But as far as how I linked up to the the university, right? So because um, what I do now isn't really related. Um, but so I graduated law school and I worked at a firm. It was a great. It was Thompson Hine in Cleveland, and um, it was business litigation. It was really the type of law I, I, yeah, I liked it, but I didn't love it. There were some cool, cool cases. Like we were part of the, I was part of the 19 attorney team that represented Obama Biden in the 08 election. So that was that was neat. But ultimately, you know, it's great firm, great people. It's just I wanted something different, and so, um, so then I, I actually left, and then I just uh, taught myself how to code. Because I, I thought, well, I have these savings from my old law firm job. If I could do anything, what would I do? I would just go to Starbucks and code all day. And so that's what I did. And then I started actually representing a bunch of internet clients because they would come to me and they would say, hey, well, you know how to code. You can speak our language and you can also speak the language of law. And that's how I was brought to the university because 
Um, they wanted someone with an internet law background to help train the next generation of lawyers to respond to the internet needs of their clients. So I taught business planning at the law school. I taught cyber law, and I helped run a small business clinic. And then when President Wilson, he was dean of my law school when he became president, he asked me to uh, to assume this role of co-director of the, the Excel Center. Wow. That was a long answer. Sorry so, for yeah, the over, oversharing, <laughs> oversharing. No, that's okay. No, we, and it, it just goes to show that sometimes you you your career takes you in different directions than where you intend to go. Yeah. And sometimes it's a good direction and yeah. something that you're happy with. I know the same yeah. thing happened to me throughout my you know career. Me too. You want to do something, you just start doing it at a cafe, you know, and somehow it'll tie in later. Like, yeah, that's what I do now. Yeah. But it's just simply because you just started doing it. You sure. Know? Um, and I've been really fortunate because I, I love what I do. And um, I know a lot of people can't always say that. Uh, there's that Joseph Campbell quote to f- that says, follow your bliss. But mm-hmm. sometimes trying to figure out what your bliss is is difficult. But I just love the intersection of community and getting people jazzed up and excited and turned on to all the great things that we have going on. Because, you know, there, there's that phrase, I'm massacring it, but... Um, Individually, we are but droplets, but together we are a wave. And I feel that about this city, right? Like sometimes if we're just doing one thing, one thing, um, that's fine. But if all of us are on the same page and we're all doing things and we're all lighting these fires, man, some great things can happen. That's true. Absolutely. Even if the inception of an idea is by one person, the way that it's played out is almost always anything that's really big is, you know, it's done by a community. It's done by a group of people. And so that's just the very nature of accomplishing great things. Sure. And to circle back with Pecha Kucha, you know, I had this crazy, addled, quixotic idea and I just started talking to people. And then Heather Rostcheck was like, yeah, I'll be involved. And then Britchek was like, yeah, I'll be involved. Becky Hewitt was like, yeah, I'll be involved. Nicole, Mull- you know, all these people were saying like, yeah, I'll be involved. I'll be involved. And all of a sudden you have 300 people showing up on a Friday night for an inaugural event. And I'm looking around and I'm thinking, wow, there's no way I could have done this by myself because I didn't really do much. Right? So they did everything. <laughs> that's what that's generally what how idea people how it happens, though. You have the idea, but you generally don't carry yeah. out the thing because you're under the next idea. Right. Yeah. So I mean, you, Yoli, you, I remember she thought about speakers and was like, what about this? What about that? I mean, there's just so many people who help out with that organization. I'm going to mess up and not name all the names, you know, but like Casey Miller, for example. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. he's, he's someone that I want in this city, right? So he doesn't, mm-hmm. he, he's a young in that, but I mean, he's, he's such a great guy and he's, he's been really helpful. So I have, I have another fun topic. Tell me, tell us something about this trip to uh, Haiti, Zips for Haiti. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the University of Akron through their leadership institute and Kevin Smith, um, and through a, jan- a grant through, I think, the Sm- through the Smuckers Foundation, oh, either the Smuckers Company or the Smuckers Foundation, mm-hmm. Smuckers, um, uh, funds uh, University of Akron students to go to Haiti to work on certain service projects. And I think a lot of the students go into the mindset that uh, they're going to change Haiti. And then after one day, it's overwhelmingly apparent that Haiti is going to change them Um, because you're talking about a third world country. You're talking about, um, you know, you walk down the street, there's trash everywhere. There isn't, you know, basic sewage or uh, you're talking about things that we just take for granted like roads. Um, I remember when I came back from Haiti, I was driving on the highway and I was like, oh my gosh, this highway is incredible. Air conditioned. I went to, um, I had dinner at, uh, at a Chinese restaurant 
that night when I came back and it was like, I was like, there's, this is the nice, this would be like the palace <laughs> in Haiti. And to provide that perspective at a very embryonic and formative age when you're 18 to 22, um, and to see how other people live in that overwhelming poverty, that's great. You know, that's, it's really powerful. But the thing is that it's not just poverty. It's like that, because sometimes it's so easy to get seduced by the narrative. Oh, it's just, it's a bunch of poverty. It's, it's poverty. It's poverty. There's culture there. There are people there. There's humanity there. And they're proud of being Haitian. And so there's just, it's so textured and nuanced. And um, I remember Kevin Smith said something that he's like, this trip is going to change your life. And I remember hearing that and being like, okay, Kevin, that's nice for that hyperbolic <laughs> phrase. But I didn't say that out loud, but I just sort of thought, yeah. okay, yeah. Um, but there hasn't been a day that's gone by since I haven't thought about Haiti. And he's right. It changed my life because you think about, you know, gratitude and how, uh, what, what's that Shakespeare quote that anxiety or expectation is the root of all anxiety. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we expect too much or, you know, it's difficult to take gratitude in the moment. Like today I'm thankful for air conditioning in this room. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Right. And cause you don't have that, you don't have that in Haiti. And so, uh, so it, it's just, it, it was an incredible experience and, you know, the students led the trip. Um, and so we were just really along to quote supervise them, mm-hmm. but they pretty much did everything. And the difference with that type of situation in poverty too, is it's generational poverty and it's a total lack of access to even in any opportunity that might pull you out of poverty. That's the difference, yeah. you know? So, um, I did a lot of traveling and um, made a movie in Ecuador with my husband, and um, we would just st- we were, were making a mo- movie about the small farmers there and yeah. their struggles. So we would stay with the farmers who we interviewed. For example, one night we slept in a bed with a couple and their kids that slept in the bed at the bottom of the bed. And when you when you're a guest, you just get in the bed, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like that's totally normalized to them, you know. And that's how we slept. But then um, it, it's like. They had less, but they extended everything they had to us without even a question, you know, and you do, you think about like, oh my gosh, I, someone might come over and I'm like, oh, I don't have a pillow for you, you know, and just the way that we, our whole, the way that we think is, um, it's important to take yourself out of that context to realize how fortunate you are every day, you know, and, um, and, and it's just amazing that people will extend to you whatever it is that they have and their kindness. So. Absolutely. And I, you know, you talk about something that you said reminded me. Um, so when we're, uh, when we were driving in the roads in Haiti, um, there would never be one or two person in a car, people in a car. It, it, that was unheard of, right? No. If you were traveling in a car, there were like eight people jammed in this car and people are, mm-hmm. you know, hanging on on the bumper and, um, it's completely mind blowing, and I know it's difficult to communicate, right, for people listening who haven't been there. But you know, you it's it's one of those things where we can all understand and uh, the value of gratitude and a lot of what we're what we are and should be thankful for. I have to remind myself because I was like, I came back from Haiti. I was like, oh, I'll have all this gratitude two weeks in. I'm like, listen, I have nine thousand emails in my inbox, right? <laughs> and so you know, yeah. and so it, it, it's easy to get out of that mindset, but it's nice to remind yourself just how bountiful we are. I will send my children to travel as soon as I possibly can. <laughs> Get your suitcases, kids. <laughs> there, there'll be many to benefits to that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so we're wrapping up here. Um, where can people find out more about Pecha Kucha? Uh, PK Akron, is that the 
handle? Yep, uh, facebook.com forward slash PK Akron. And we do have a couple seats left. I think we'll probably be sold out by tomorrow, honestly, or, well, maybe Wednesday. Um, so it's coming up. We're on the final final run for tickets. But PK Akron, uh, facebook.com forward slash PK Akron. You can get your tickets uh, on Eventbrite. You can either search PK Akron or you can go to PK Akron V-V-I-I-I dot eventbrite.com. So that's PK Akron volume eight dot eventbrite.com. So two V's, three I's, um, and get tickets directly through there. Okay. And um, the the Excel Center, where can people find out more about that? Sure. You can go to uacron.edu forward slash EXL. We should have a new website coming in a couple weeks. So okay. be on the lookout for that. Awesome. Yeah. Th- thank you so much. I mean, it's it's very apparent your your love and enthusiasm and just this you know this passion you have for making our community better and i think that's that's contagious you know and I, that's probably why your the pk team is so so good at what they do is cuz you're able to communicate that enthusiasm you know through them um, and, and through that team. So yeah, thank you for all you do. No. We, we definitely appreciate that. I, I appreciate you guys. And I mean that sincerely, right? Cause you guys, I mean, when you talk about luminaries of Akron, I've said it, you guys are at or near the top of the list. And I think the great thing about Akron is that we have this almost incubator mentality where thing people have ideas and then we say, let's make them happen. How do we work together to make right, them happen? Right. Yeah, we, we are, we, we kind of roll up our sleeves and we just do it, you know. That's that's there's a spirit there of a lot of people who I admire in this community. They just they're they're the first ones at the event. They're setting up the tables. They're picking up trash. They're not, you know, they're doing it all just to make sure it goes off. And we enjoy really well. like matchmaking people with scenarios. Yeah, like you got to meet absolutely. this person, or maybe you could do this here, or maybe this is a resource for you. Like sure. I love that. That's like my one of my pastimes. And if we can get students involved in that process, mm-hmm. we can impact the next generation of Akronites. And there's always room for more people. I feel like we, we were discussing this earlier. I feel like there's a small group who does a lot, and I feel like there there are way more people who can be involved, and sure. they would be welcome yeah. to join any of these events, any of these. Uh, associations, groups, you know, um, I, I think there's plenty of room for more. True. And I say, you know, just join up. Don't worry about knowing, you know, making sense of it or knowing exactly what you're doing. Just just hop hop in and uh, figure it out later. That's Sometimes right. it, I think people feel like, oh, I don't, you know, I'm, I have never done that before, but just do it. Just figure it out later. So um, there's some fun events coming up this weekend. Of course, PK, you have to, mm-hmm. you have to get your tickets now. They're going to sell out. And um, another of note that I go to every year is the Lebanese Festival. Oh, okay. um, It's on Cleveland Masson Road at Our Lady of the Cedars. Um, Just amazing Lebanese food. They have, um, this year they have, they've added a hookah too. That sounds like fun. Ooh, I'm there. (laughs) I think I would uh, do that on any any weekend day. (laughs) And there's... um, there's family fun. There's a flea market, raffles, kids games. Um, but really, you got to go for the food. It's just absolutely amazing. So that's August 4th and 5th, 11 to 9 o'clock, Friday and Saturday, Lebanese Fest, Our Lady of the Cedars. Excellent. Um, so tomorrow is what's called Night Out Against Crime, or it's National Night Out. So a lot of neighborhoods are going to have their own events tomorrow. Um, actually, I say tomorrow. It's Tuesday evening. So this podcast will go out, I'm guessing, Tuesday morning. So this evening, Tuesday evening, um, 
August 1st. And so, for example, uh, Goodyear Heights is having an event, North Hill. Um, there's also a night out for safety and liberation, I think, um, revolved around the womb. And some, you know, there's a Middlebury night out against crime. Um, also, I think this is tomorrow or also on Tuesday, Copper Pennies at Nuevo. Since Ryan's not here Ryan to, to plug that. Um, <laughs> there's also something happening with the startup bus, which you probably know about. Yeah, I have that on my events calendar that's kind of a cool thing huh yeah the startup bus is actually i think they're in columbus right now it's a week-long almost startup boot camp and it was uh ian schwarber is intimately involved with that really putting that on um and helping out with that so it's a great event it's a okay. fantastic event excellent and then also on friday we talked about pk akron there's also a really cool event going on at the rialto theater called thriller be thrilled um, and I think that's still at the Rialto with uh, Chad Weaver, a comedian. He does these variety shows. It starts a little later, so maybe after PK, head over to Rialto and Kenmore. That's going to 1130. Um, Earthquaker Day is coming up Saturday. That's with Earthquaker Devices, and that's a pretty big event. I didn't realize that was coming up so quickly. And then that is at their Bowery Street location, so they're um, – demos with these guitar pedals they have uh, tours of the building bands playing all day food trucks um and also on saturday is the north side market um at north side in akron downtown akron near luigi's in that plaza and that's uh something that's relatively new but sh showcasing all the business owners artists entrepreneurs in that area um, I will be playing music at seven o'clock. All right. Uh, so <laughs> heavy metal. Heavy, yeah, heavy metal. Heavy. Uh, death it's, jam. It's actually <laughs> death metal ukulele. So yeah, massive mosh pit. <laughs> unbelievable. Um, yeah, literally unbelievable. Just don't smash um, your, your little ukulele because right. that, that would be sad. Would, yeah, <laughs> Nobody yeah, wants I, to see that. I only have a limited amount of those. Uh, also on yeah. Saturday, Annabelle's Big Big Mess Poetry Series starts at 6.30. We've got a lot of poets poets in the area. I know uh, Anu's been involved in the poetry community as well and well-respected in those circles. So I don't know about that. I'll take the compliment. I'll yeah, take, I, I did, know I, you I did working one. with the with the group at one time. Yeah, I, I did one little poem at Petrakusha and that was it. So yeah. I'm not really a poet, but... But you're a supporter. Of, I'm a supporter. Of, of I'm that group. So. There's a whole... Noor Hindi, right, Steve Brightman, right. Teresa Guy. Like, they're... Yeah. They're good writers. They get it done. Yeah. They do get it done. So anything else you'd like to promote, sir? Um, um, no, just uh, PK Akron this Friday. And thank you guys so much for taking the time to speak with me. I really appreciate it. Sure thing. Yeah, thanks, thanks for all you do. And... Uh, Thanks to all our supporters out there. This is episode 97. Uh, we're coming up on our 100th episode, which is going to be a live event at Jilly's on Great. August 22nd. Yeah. Tune in to hear well, us say something stupid. Hopefully we can see you there. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, and we're still planning the details around that. There's going to be a, a live recording of the podcast, and we have some other things in store, some other entertainment and, and items in store for the evening, and we'll reveal those uh, shortly. So Excellent. Thanks, Shane, for uh, leading the way this, this evening Absolutely. and for being you. All right. So as always, keep it an, an Akron, Akron day. day.